What's going on, y'all? Welcome to Ragers. Despite how bad the Broncos are playing, man, I'm not going to lose any enthusiasm. I'm here hanging out with y'all this week, and I'm with my buddy Jay rocking in the house tonight. Y'all know how this works. It is Ragers. We're going to talk about Broncos. We're going to talk about fantasy football. We're going to talk about sports betting. And of course, we are Orange Weekly. All about fans, brews, Broncos news, the best sports content around. If you love the Broncos, we love the Broncos. This is the best content you are ever going to get when it comes to the Broncos. J-Rock, brother, what's going on, man? How you doing today? You know, I'm t- today not too bad. I think we've had some better times as Broncos country. I think we are a little embarrassed going out of last week, uh, both Ragers and Broncos country. A little embarrassed coming out of last week. But hey, all we could do is move forward and see what we got going on with the uh, Miami Dolphins. Yeah, man, such a rough week last week, man. We got to just jump into it, man. You know what time it is? Is it beer 30? Beer 30. Orange Weekly. Fans, brews, and Broncos news. What you drinking over there, brother? Uh, you know, I'm still sticking with my schwammies. <laughs> Can't leave it with my schwammies. Um, I'd, I'd like to hope that today you're drinking a beer because, you know, the last two times we did this, you were drinking seltzers. It was early morning. I get it. But I, we haven't had a great Ragers in the last couple of weeks. I'm just hoping you're drinking beer today. You're right, man. You know what? My handicapping might be just a little bit off when we're drinking those seltzers. I appreciate you calling me out there, brother, because I needed that check to reality. Last couple weeks have been filming early in the morning because we had to. Today, it's finally 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock somewhere, and I got our Tricera Hops double IPA here from um, Nishiwaki Nishanki's. If I butchered that and you're from that brewery company, I'm sorry about that. That's Nikashi <laughs> Brewing, a tasty, tasty beer that we have here. Man, we got our butts kicked both ways, and Jared, I got to miss something, man. That's the first Broncos game in a long time that I could just not I, – I didn't even watch the entire game. I found myself checking out towards the end. It was such a dumpster fire top to bottom – we had put out some projected ragers. We ended up taking two last week. They go 0 for 2 last week. If you ended up taking that Jerry Judy bet last week, it would have cashed. So some of you out there that are listening, you might have gotten the 1-2 bet last week. We apologize. We'll be back. We'll be better than ever. Ragers, though, on the year, still 21-13-3. We are still making money. We still put money in our pockets. And we got Tua Tunga Vialoa coming to town. The Miami Dolphins. It's cold in Denver, y'all. It's cold. Be ready to go. Jared, I'm not ready for that from Miami. I know it. I'm ready for it. Let's, let's just go back to last week for 30 seconds here. Yes. Raiders game. First time in Raider in the Vegas Raiders uh, dome. The little uh, – looked like a little Roomba, that little building that they got over there. <laughs> General impressions. What's going on, man? What happened like, last it, week? It, it, it started bad, and it got worse, and it never got better. Look, the, the game against Atlanta, we – Started bad, it got bad, and then we got a little bit better. We started coming back towards the end, and this just ne- it never happened for us this game. And uh, I think we're starting to realize that um, that comeback in the fourth quarter doesn't always work. I mean, it didn't work against Atlanta, it didn't work against Oakland. We didn't even try against the Vegas Raiders. Like, I, I, my my problem is is the four interceptions. Four interceptions thrown by Drew Locke, and we still only ran the rock. I think nine, ten times. Let me double check. 19 total carries, but um, yeah, two of them were Drew Locke. So we're talking about 17 total carries, 17 total runs over 47 total passing plays. 
I, we, if, if a quarterback is struggling, you got to go back to what you know. And, and Philip Lindsay didn't play as much as one of the lines we lost last week, and he didn't get a lot of playing time. Which still makes no effing sense. So let's go back to this for a second here. Drew Locke, I think, had like 24 pass attempts in the first half last week. Listen to me. Do, if Drew Locke's throwing more than 24 times in the game, we that is the perfect recipe. If he's throwing more than 12 or 15 times per half, we are screwed when we're talking about that imbalance. It was a bizarre game, top to it bottom. Was. I could not even figure it out. Um, the play calling, atrocious. The production, atrocious. Drew Locke, atrocious. Special teams, hella atrocious. Hella bad. I just don't even know where to begin. All right, so let's just Pat, Pat, Well, Pat Shermer start off uh, this week. Everybody was asking him, what the hell are you thinking? Not let giving the ball to Philip Lindsay, not letting your run game right. do the work. And his, his background, his excuses was, look, uh, we got put into situations where we had to get out of them. Putting a, we ha- we started the ball on the one yard line because of the first yeah. kickoff, and and you can't give a ball the ball to someone who weighs seventy pounds soaking wet in the backfield, right? You have to be able to run the ball, get a few yards. Melvin Gordon's our guy for that, and then we go three and out there. Then we get the ball back in another shitty position, and we have to throw it. And it's just kind of one of those situations where, by the end of the game, we were put in so many shitty positions that we just couldn't give him the ball that. That, and that was his excuse. I, I did feel like there were some times that we definitely could have put him in there to see if he could get something going, and he didn't. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's what I'm looking at. And as we're going to talk about Ragers for this week, once we get past uh, last week, that's something that we need to keep in mind because he did say we need to get the ball to Mel, or to uh, Philip Lindsay more often. Totally. And, and here's an interesting thing. You bring up Pat Shermer, who's just been – I'm going to hold him off for the side. Let's go back to last year for Drew Locke here. Five games, four wins. Let's talk about the four wins last year. Here are his – attempts 28 passing attempts 33 passing attempts a little bit high against Detroit 27 passing attempts 28 passing attempts the magic number for Drew Locke is 25 26 28 30 at a 20 between 25 and 30 that is the magic number when we're dealing with Drew Locke Pat Sherman I don't know what I'm not sold on that dude yet I'm not 100% sure because it just is not passing the eye test and I totally agree we got to see Philip Lindsay get involved, and, and I'd love to see how that's going to happen this week. Let's let's go back, though. We go back to week one, and we're talking about projecting the Broncos' wins this year. And regardless of the shit show that it looks like it's going to be on the field, I think most of us would look at this game at the start of the year and said, Miami Dolphins, circle that, baby. That's a that's a W just about no win matter the box. what. Win in the box. They make a change. Tua Tungabailoa, 3-0, hasn't thrown a pick yet. Six and seven in their last seven games. The Dolphins are cruising right now. What are your general impressions on the Dolphins? So the Dolphins, I mean, you're right. The Dolphins are doing very well. It was an un, unseen thing to put Tua in, too, because it wasn't like Fitzpatrick was doing bad. He, they actually put Tua in because they were demolishing a team, and Tua got to come in for a couple plays. Uh, and then next thing you know, he's the starter the week after. So it was kind of a weird situation. They felt like he was ready, which is good. Um, also, this year they replaced their defensive coordinator with Josh Boyer, and that defense has been destroying offense. Like the movement that they make on the defense is so hard to read pre-snap, and it's really helping out Tua because all Tua has to do is game manage. He's not a, a, a flashy Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson type of quarterback. He's a game manager. He's going to go out there, manage the game, make the throws when he needs to make them, make sure that the, the, they're keeping the ball. And the defense is what's been doing the work for these guys. Yeah, yeah, interesting. You know, they had to have seen Tua something, something in practice that just gave them enough of a nod to move in that direction, enough pieces around him. And they, they seem to be cruising, man. 
They got they got one of the best well-rounded teams. I think arguably the best special teams units in the NFL. Offense looks strong, and the defense, you're right, has come on come on strong. The interesting about the defense, though, they they do give up points. There's they're susceptible they in that area. You know, it looks like last few games averaging 25 to 30 points, but the problem is they're scoring 30 on the other side. So they're they're rocking and rolling, <laughs> and they're and they're winning those games. So. Just like we do every week, I want to walk through these position groups because, again, our job here when we're looking at it from this perspective is what kind of players can make an impact, what kind of players have key advantages in matchups, and can we predict whether or not somebody's going to get the ball or not? Because we got to make some money this week, man. We That's what I'm talking about. we got to put some money in the bank, groceries. we got Christmas presents coming up. <laughs> in the bank. So let's start with on the outside working our way in. Jerry Judy seems to be the clear – Cut shot number one, no doubter, slam dunk favorite for uh, Drew Locke. He's clearly our number one, and he continues to put in these 50, 60, 70-yard weeks. Tim Patrick coming on. K.J. Hamler seeming like he had a pretty decent day last week. What do our wide receiver crew look like against their cornerbacks? It's it's wide open. So first of all, their cornerbacks are pretty good. They have um, Xavier Howard is having a, a hell of a year this year. He's really kind of a shutdown corner. I would not be surprised if they just kept him on either Jerry Duty. The problem is on the opposite side. You have Tim Patrick. You can't just one on one these guys. Byron Jones is on the other side. That was a huge pickup for them in the off season, and they're playing very well in their corner position. A lot of times they like to play that zone, which I do think that we do have a little bit of a better uh, look at the zone. Uh, with the quick throws but again so the only problem here right now is you look at the analysis if you look in the past two games you have to take away all the analysis there's not a single throw that drew lock's making right now there's not a read that he's making that is really correct there's one play that we can really count on when, when we're in man coverage and that's the under over the middle ultimately there's not much we can really predict Man on man, I think they match up actually pretty well with us in the corners and the in the DV or the wide receivers. It really depends on what they're playing and if Drew Locke can deliver that football to them. Right, and it looks like the, the Dolphins' uh, cornerback crew is center of the pack. Right, you know they they do some things really well. There's some suspect areas. Um, again, giving up a lot of points right now, giving up right right in the middle of the pack when it comes to fantasy points to wide receivers. So, give or take it, you know we don't have a slam dunk outside guy, but um, if Drew Locke's going to throw the ball 40 times, we're going to get three or four receivers over 50 yards, and that's what we got last right. week. In theory, I'm guessing the way that the things have gone, they're not. Drew Locke's not going to throw the ball 40 times this week. And if he does, there needs to be a, somebody needs to get fired somehow, somewhere in that front office. I mean, there's no way I see Drew Locke throwing 40 balls this week. So that's something that we need to take into consideration. Let's start to pin it in. Tight ends, what do those look like against? Because it looks like on the surface, um, Miami's only given up – they're giving up the seven – least amount of fantasy points to tight end so far this year yeah but here's the problem depends on who they're putting on those tight ends are they putting uh their corners are they playing the nickel or are they putting their linebackers because their linebackers are garbage in coverage and and with with our tight end with Noah Fant the way that he has been playing and the way he can play I like Noah Fant this week I think Noah Fant is going to have a big day and I think he's going to be a primary receiver for Drew Locke another thing that uh, Pat Shermer said and he was really high on it was we need to get the ball to Noah Fant more mm-hmm. often there's he's open too often to not get him the ball where he needs to be and I think he needs to get the ball in his hand to be able to make something happen and I think this is the game that he can exploit that yeah and again I, I agree with you Noah Fant is probably our only offensive weapon that's top 10 in his position with the exception of a skilled position when we're talking about that I think Judy is emerging to be a star but he's not a top 10 guy in the league he's probably not even a top 25 guy he's probably right in the pack of the top 
He started in that conversation of a wide receiver one. Um, Jerry, or I'm sorry, Noah Fant, though, I, he is a top 10 tight end in his position. He's got breakaway speed. We don't have the lines out on this. We'll discuss the quarterback situation in here in just a second here. But let's go running backs here. Looks like this might be the area potentially to explain when it comes from a fantasy football perspective as they're giving up 22nd to fantasy running backs. But when you look at the X's and O's <laughs> and you look at the, sh the sheet and you look at some of the things, it looks like the run game might actually be an, uh, an area of strength for the Miami Dolphins. What do you, what do you got on the analysis for that? So on the, on the Broncos side of this, the analysis is we, we just went up against one of the worst run defenses in the league in the Oakland right. Raiders, and we still only handed the ball off nine, eight, nine, 17 times, I think was the total, 17 sure. times, and two scrambles by Drew Locke. Ultimately, I, I don't know what to say about this. Yes, their defense, their run defense is not historically the greatest. And honestly, these teams that he's they're playing that are they're getting scored, these high scores on are all run-based defense or run-based offenses. I think we can exploit that. I think if we consistently stick to the run game, we can exploit that. And the other thing is it's not that they're big and heavy. They're fast on that defense. That defense isn't a big, thick, bigger uh, defense. It's a speed yeah. defense, which means we need to match speed with speed. So we're going to need to get Philip Lindsay going in this game yep. in order to have success going forward and through through the game. They they have to run the ball. They don't literally don't have a choice cuz here's one of two options and let's move to the quarterback position here. Drew Lock injuries, you could tell that he was definitely hurt. I think there towards the end of the first half he took a pretty good shot to the ribs and was definitely hurting there. If Drew Locke's a little bit hurt, plus coming off a four-pick game, I'm imagining they're going to overemphasize the run this week. Or if we're in a situation where Driscoll is actually the guy that gets the start. With It'd be the, Rippin, I think. Or I'm sorry, Rippin. Yeah, I apologize. Rippin gets the start. Then we're going to have to emphasize the run in those situations. Right now, Melvin Gordon sitting at 48.5 yards. Philip Lindsay sitting at 27.5 yards this week. I think Philip Lindsay is still the top back in his backfield. I think you do too. I like both lines. I'll be honest. I think 48 and, and the 27. I love the Phil Lindsay at 27. It's the second week in a row. I've said that and I've gotten burned now, but I'm going to take it. I'm going to triple down or whatever. Is it? Yeah, I think I'm on the third week now. I'm going to triple <laughs> down on Philip Lindsay. Um, I think that he gets that 27 yard mark. Also, because if you're listening to this, these interviews this week, that Shermer had gotten the Philip Lindsay question at least three different times this week in various Absolutely. Interviews. He knows that he's probably our best, biggest threat, biggest home run threat when it comes to that side of the ball. I love Philip Lindsay this week. I know you love Noah Fant this week in the matchups there. So I think those are two spaces that we're going to be. And listen, you you hear this all the time: Noah Fant, Philip Lindsay, Noah Fant, Philip Lindsay. We, 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 we target these guys because we know what their productivity levels can be. And when the people in the desert they don't quite see the productivity level the same way that we do at 27 yards for Philip Lindsay, for example. That is something that we need to be extremely interested in, and we're going to pounce on that. Well, that that number dropped a hundred percent due to last week's productivity or lack thereof uh, to to Philip Lindsay and the lack of even giving him the carries last week. Really, the guys in the desert, all they're looking at is the stats. Oh, he only got three carries for like less than ten yards. Okay, right. he's definitely not going to be able to get that again. But we're seeing. You, what Philip Lizzie can be and the interviews and the Pat Shermer and, and the whole concept of, hey, this is our number one guy. This is our guy. We need to feed him the rock. Awesome. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. So quarterback situation. If we see that we got Drew Locke or, or Rippin out there, um, what do you think or what do you see being our run pass differential? And do we have any success in the pass game whatsoever? So this all depends on how the how the game's going to go. Ultimately, uh, do I think we're going to have success in the pass game? No, 
What I do think, well, I think we're going to keep it to probably a 60% pass to 40% run, which is unfortunate. Uh, and the only thing that would change that is if Tua does come out and starts throwing all over our defense, oh, which, yeah. you know, our defense is still playing well. They still have the bend, don't break. The only reason, I mean, most of their points were st- scored at the end of the third. The Vegas was scored at the end of the third into the fourth right. quarter because the defense just was tired at that point. It was just so hard. And it's the offense was helping out throwing four interceptions on, you know, right. wherever they were on the field. So... You, you talk about that. You talk about if this game does get out of hand again. We're talking three weeks in a row. A row. Now, it would, would be a fourth week in a row that the game just got out of hand, that we had to pass the ball to try to make up, make up for time. I'd like to see a 60-40 game that's close, and, but I've said that for the last couple of weeks, so yeah. I might be wrong here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's going to be so hard to say. I, they're going to run the ball more. I know that for sure. I think Lindsey's going to get more than four touches. I like the Lindsey Rager. We're going to monitor the situation on the wide receiver and the tight end crew because we don't know who the starter is. That's why we don't have any lines here at 3, 4 o'clock on a Friday. But guess what? If y'all go down to Twitter, OW Ragers on Twitter. You can find us there. We're also going to do a couple little fun things this week. We got the boys in town. We're going to be betting every ticket, every line on the ticket for Sunday. So I'll post my ticket for you all at OW Rangers, you can see every bet that we're going to place this Sunday. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, let's go to the game, and then we'll start to work our way back and focus in on the game. Currently, we are a three-and-a-half-point underdog at home. Over-under is at 45.5 points. If we look at the tickets, at the spread tickets, almost virtually – Every bet that's being made right now is being made for the Miami Dolphins. This is one of the biggest discrepancies for all of the games this Sunday. I think 85, 90% of the tickets are coming in on the Miami Dolphins side of things. And that's where about 80 or 90% of the money is coming as well. People do not think the Broncos have a chance this week. Jared, do they have a chance to not only cover and or win this week? Look, I've been burned before. Yes. I, honestly, in the the worst part about this Broncos team, and I think most Broncos country can sit with me and say this, we're the most inconsistently great athleticism, the great athletes, but we're the most inconsistent team in the league. We can, you know, and, and it's not even game to game. It's quarter to quarter. Some quarters right. we show up and it looks like we could score 100 points on somebody. Some quarters we show up and we don't get a first down the entire half. So I, I, I think we have the ability, and I think this could be one of those games, those trap games, as they, as they say, for the Miami Dolphins, expecting to kind of come into Denver and roll us over. Um, you know, and with all the money going there, I could definitely see a lot of people getting a little bit disappointed when this game is either A, closer, or B, we end up taking the win because, you know, something started clicking in Broncos country. But again, we're sitting at the quarterback situation. I do not know. We don't know who's going to be playing the quarterback's position. Right. Yeah, I... I, I'm going to stay away from the Broncos again. You know, again, I, I, I hate taking these types of, of lines for game lines until I trust a team. I do not trust the Broncos now. And in fact, the over under, my gut tells me that the under is the right play here this week. Um, I think 45 is probably the perfect number to set that under. I think this is a 24, 20, 27, 20 type of game. Um, that's what it's saying. I don't think the Broncos are going to put up 30 plus points this week. We can't even freaking find our way into the end zone. I'd be hard pressed to see if the Broncos get a couple, but at the same time, I don't think our defense is going to give up as much as they have in the last couple of weeks. They have been embarrassed. 
partly due to injury, and the Raiders just literally ran all over them. I would slightly lean towards the under. I think the under is probably a fair play here. Um, it probably shows some value at the 45.5 mark right now. Again, this is where teasers come into play for y'all folks that see another game on the line that you really like. I think teasing this game up to 51.5 points is a safe place for you to go for your teasers this week. Um, you could tease it potentially down to 39 it depends on what kind of game we're going to get. It looks like weather's going to be cold but fine in Denver for us on Sunday. So, yeah, that's where I'm at with that. Let me give you a fun one, though. Tua Tungavailoa. No picks. Three games. He's been playing out of his mind. We, we've got this situation before. Remember, remember Herbert coming to town three weeks? Right. Picks. First play of the game, pick Justin Simmons. Pick get all up in his ass, and next thing you know, he throws a pick. We took that rager. Tua Tungavailoa. Does he throw a pick this week? I think this is a different situation, though. I, I know you kind of like this, but this is a different situation. Uh, Justin Herbert played, and they, they were riding Justin Herbert like it was their job. Like, they were riding Justin Herbert like this, has got, this is the guy that's going to save a franchise that has just gone down the garbage, fired their own city, got kicked out of the city, left, and it still doesn't isn't even the top team in their own city. Look, I, I get it, but Tua is a game manager he is a smart football player. He's not going to take the big shots if it's not there, and that's, I think, what's going to happen. It's going to be very difficult. I want to see this happen. I don't think I'd put my money there. With Vangio, uh, you know, what we've seen against these young young quarterbacks is he tends to fall out on the blitz. He tends to be all in on the blitz, which tends to be a little bit more volatile for him. If Tua Tungavailoa gets out of the pocket or gets hit, I like the idea of him throwing a pick this week. I'll take a look at what the Lions look like. If I'm getting positive odds here on that this week, I'm going to go ahead and just pounce on it. I think last time for Herbert, we had like plus 180 odds. So we were almost getting double our money back on that. I think that that's a safe play for us to have this week. I'll keep a track of that. Again, I think, Jared, you're right on. But I'm going to add that into just um, Fangio's just willingness to just go zero blitz and send seven guys against these type of quarterbacks. Um, that's what we've seen all year long. And, and we're going to have to with, with Shelby Harris still out due to the COVID right. uh, situation. So Shelby Harris is going to be out for the Dolphins game. We're going to need to send some pressure in order to yeah. get pressure on him. And what's the situation with our cornerbacks right now? It looks like, I think Boye came back last week, but looked like complete shit. What? Yeah, like Boye, Boye was back. He was having a little, he was struggling a little bit. I think he was trying to get back into his uh, his game. Bryce Callahan has been playing lights out right. in that slot position, and and I think he was a little injured. I don't know if he practiced. I think he practiced uh, partially today. He was limited. I think they saw a non non COVID illness, and I think is right. more likely than not going to play Sunday. I think he must have just had a little sneezes or something. Send him home. Justin Simmons is having a pretty good year this year, and now we're talking about those are our two top two guys, and we're talking we're without Von Miller, Jarrell Casey, Shelby Harris. We're without some of our top guys on our defense. And we're still playing lights out. I think our defense is capable of doing things. I think I like our corners. I like the young uh, Michael Ojemudia. I think he's starting mm-hmm. to come into himself, and he's getting thrown into the fire. But it's just making him better. And each and every week, I like to, I see new more and more coming from him, and I love it. So, Jared, let me ask you this question: Then, if the Broncos win, what kind of game plan do we need to see? What do we need to see? What are some keys on both sides of the ball? And then we'll we'll wrap it around here to make our final predictions for the rages of the week. We need to keep this a low-scoring game on the defense uh, and on the offense. And by a low-scoring game on the offense, I mean we need to have the ball for longer than three downs every time we get the ball. Yes. Uh, we need to drive the ball down the field. We need to not try to take these huge shots. Obviously, scoring is great, but we obviously that's not in our forte. Scoring is not our thing this year, and that's okay. We're going to get there eventually. But we need to control the clock. We need to control the ball. The defense is going to need to control the ball. 
And I think that's what's going to be our key to success this week. Yeah, I think I think the Broncos aren't going to give up 31 points this week. I don't know that they're going to no. score 31 points. I don't know if that I'm going to take a winner here today. I see this game being a 24-17 type of a grinder where we're going to see a few scores back and forth. We're going to see a lot of couple first downs, punt type of situations here. I think two is going to get a little roughed up. I do like the idea of potentially taking him to throw a pick this week. Um, but at the end of the day, here's let's throw down our ragers right here. I think we both agree that Lindsey's going to have a more bigger a bigger role. Shermer was asked about Lindsey multiple, multiple times. He's sitting at 27 yards right now. I love that right there. I see him having a 40, 50 yard type of game. We love Fant. We'll see where the line comes out again. We're waiting to see what the quarterback situation is. If Fant's anywhere in the high 30s, low 40s, pounce on that. I think Fant is a valuable, valuable pick in that category there. We're going to stay away from the t- the game score. I, I think I think the plus three and a half is something that a little bit scares me because the Broncos can lose, you know, 28-7. I don't, I don't even know. But I do like the under. I've been talked into the under, I think, for this game. I think the Broncos' only yes. chance to get something to happen this week is under 45.5 points. I think that that is a safe bet for you this week as we look into this, especially if you can get a little bit of a parlay – or I'm sorry, a little teaser together, push that line up to 51. I think you've got a plant chance right there. And we'll keep our eye out once we see how the quarterback situation shuffles this week to make some money, put in our pocket, and you know what? Hopefully cheer the Broncos on to victory at some point in time. So – Jared, anything else, man, you want to leave the people with? Yeah, I just want to leave final thoughts. Uh, obviously, we suck. And ah. uh, we kind of knew that we were going to suck uh, at the beginning of the season. We didn't know how bad. And this last game has a lot of people all upset. And I've said this on the Orange Weekly podcast. I said it on the Orange Weekly live show on Tuesday nights. Tune in. Uh, I've said it everywhere that I could, and I'm going to say it here as well. We need to slow our roll and calm down on the talk about firing the whole squad and firing every coach. And Ray, you said it good. You said it right at the beginning of the show. We, we have some disagreements with some of the calls that are being made on the offense on the quarter on the uh, between the decisions made by the quarterback and the calls made by the offensive coordinator. But we got to give them time to work together through this. If this continues, if we keep getting blown out through the rest of the season, we still have a season to play. And, and we just don't see any improvement, then we can start talking about who we need to fire. But yes, while it was a super embarrassing loss, everyone's super mad because of the Raiders and we freaking hate them. Mm-hmm. We got to let these guys work because they're young and we need to let them get that experience to move forward. The Raiders do. We do hate them. Yeah, but that's well, the yeah, we do I hate, hate the them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, anyways, let me, let me tell you this. Let me shoot it straight to you. If we're back here next week and we're reading Drew Locke's line and he's 17 for 24, 184 yards, one touchdown and no interceptions, we have a better chance of winning that game than we do if Drew Locke throws for 30, 40 times with a couple of touchdowns and a pick. The game that we're going to win is Drew Locke throwing it 24 times, 185 yards, one touchdown, no picks. That's going to be the stat that we're going to be looking at this week. If he throws it over 25 times, we have lost this game. I can promise you that. With that being said, we are Orange Weekly. This is the Rager Show. I'm Ray, Ray Jersey. Y'all got to figure it out there. That's J-Rock. Y'all know him as Jared. Orange Weekly, we're about fans, brews, Broncos news. We're also about putting money in your pocket. So if we put money in your pocket, hit that like button, subscribe button, man. Hit that share button. Go to Twitter, OW Raiders. Again, I'm going to be betting on every game. I'm going to put one line on every game this Sunday. I'm going to tweet out my card so you can see it there. It's going to be a lot of fun. We got some, we got like four or five TVs set up in the house right now. We're going to be watching football <laughs> all day long. Hopefully, you will join us for a short bit of that. It should be a really great time. Gosh, I hope we're here next week talking about good stuff, man. I hate doing these crummy right. shows when we come off getting our asses kicked. But if hey, we can make some money this week, though, that's always making life better, man. Jared, it's always Absolutely. a pleasure. So much fun. 
I'll see you next week. Go Broncos. Cheers. Go y'all. Broncos. Cheers. Orange Weekly. Fans, brews, and Broncos news.